Hey everyone, today we are looking at Proverbs chapter 25 verses 7 through 10. And throughout the chapter, Solomon is talking about some relationship issues that we might face in our everyday life. And he continues doing that here in today's passage. Let's begin with the last part of verse 7. What your eyes have seen, do not hastily bring into court. For what will you do in the end when your neighbor puts you to shame? Argue your case with your neighbor himself, and do not reveal another's secret, lest he who hears you bring shame upon you, and your ill repute have no end. So what a great help for us in everyday life, I think, this passage is. We seem to be these creatures who rush to judgment, especially in our culture today. We speak before we think, and we, we hurry to gossip about people behind their backs. Things like um, how bad our boss is or our employer is, how lazy our neighbors are. We make these preconceived judgments and we talk about how people uh, we know don't discipline their children as they ought to. Or we go to the other extreme and uh, we, we bad talk them when they spank their kids or yell at them. We harbor these, these ill feelings against those who look at us wrong or don't happen to make eye contact with us when we think they should. My sister told me just the other day about someone who had um, been kind of ignoring her for a while and finally she just approached that person and asked them why do you ignore me anymore I mean I've tried to talk to you and I you know I, I greet you and you just turn your head and look away why and this lady told my sister well one time you ignored me and you looked away and I figured you just didn't like me anymore and that made me mad and I've, I've held these feelings in my heart ever since then <laughs> and they talked this out but it, it's just weird that's the way we are we make these preconceived judgments based on nothing that is valid <laughs> we're just so fickle in our discernment sometimes and when we act out of our broken impulses, it, it winds up backfiring on us and it hurts our witness for Christ. Um, so, you know, I think the problem is basically that we're just so self-centered. All of us are. When someone disagrees with us, we take it as though they're stabbing us with a knife. What happened to the days when best friends look forward to hashing out disagreements on what was true and through healthy discourse. They sharpened one another uh, for the good and they still continued as best friends, no, even looking forward to their next get together. But today we have um, regressed to this point where it's all about us. And today's text points us to this way of, of talking things through that Solomon wants us to do, especially when we think we've been offended. And yes, that's the culture we live in, uh, maybe more so now than ever before, I don't know. So many of us consider ourselves as victims or else uh, try to use the system 
calling ourselves victims. And many sue their employers, right, for all kinds of insignificant things. Um, people sue rich corporations or anyone they think they can profit from. Many cheat and lie to get workman's comp, even disability, which is not really fair to those who deserve it. Um, parents sue their own children and, and vice versa. I read where one man sued his parents for giving birth to him without his consent. And he wanted them to furnish him everything he needed for his whole life long because they didn't consult with him before they, they gave birth to him. Yeah, it's a crazy broken world we live in, that's for sure. But here Solomon tells us not to rush in order to take people to court. Be careful what kind of claims that you make about other people. How many times have you yourself, I know I have, lost something in our own house and you're almost sure you know that a certain person stole it, right? And maybe you fume over it in your mind and the wheels turn and turn and it doesn't really help you to do that. I mean, it doesn't give you peace, does it? And what do you know? A few days later, hey, there it is. You find it and you feel terrible for judging in your heart. Or, or maybe it was five years later and you found it and you had held that judgment over a person in your mind the whole time. You know, we actually can't trust what we see or hear 100% of the time. We're, we just can't. I, I mistake people and things and that I see and I hear, even what I read on a regular basis. And I think that's maybe one reason why God gave us five senses so we can verify truth. And so having this kind of good discernment, uh, we need this to be used by the church, by God's people. For example, when we think possibly that a brother or a sister in Christ is living in sin, and what are we going to do with that? Are we going to gossip? Uh, how are we going to handle that situation? Or are we even right? I mean, you know? So when accusations were being made in the Corinthian church, and they were, and um, in, in fact, some of them were valid and true. But Paul said this, 2 Corinthians 13, 1, Every charge must be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. And, um, and this agrees with the law in Deuteronomy 19.15. It says this, A single witness shall not suffice against a person for any crime or for any wrong in connection with any offense that he has committed only on the evidence of two witnesses or of three witnesses shall a charge be established. So, look, in today's text, Solomon says, in verse 9, Argue your case with your neighbor himself, and do not reveal another's secret. We, we rush in to judge and to take people to court and to gossip, all this stuff. But the truth is, we are not all-knowing like God is, are we? Whenever we think we might see a red flag in someone's life, and... For many of us, our first response is the bad heart uh, that we talked about 
you know, it starts festering and we start, you know, having this grievance in our heart toward them and making a judgment for them. And then that grievance has to find a way out. And so we began to do what? We gossip about them. And then when there there is opportunity, sometimes another response would be to be a witness against them or to even file charges against them. Most likely, the thing that Solomon says to do would not even be our last choice. We just wouldn't do it. We, we wouldn't talk to them. But if we happen to be the kind of person who talks, um, we might do it in a judging way, even taking offense if they do not submit to our own preconceived notions against them. In this case, we're not really looking for restoration, but rather so we can be justified in our accusations toward them, I think. So in Matthew 18, Jesus gives us this scenario, how that even in a case where we are 100% sure that our brother has sinned against us, we should not begin with, uh, an ill-wishing heart or even gossip or, or taking them to court. No, the Lord does not want us to work toward that end. Any end that severs relationships uh, and fellowship with God that we share with our brothers and sisters, but rather that bonds us as brothers and sisters for the glory of God. Here's the way Jesus says it in Matthew um, 18, beginning with verse 15. If your brother sins against you, go him and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. But if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. So Jesus says the same thing that is said in Deuteronomy and also in our, our passage today. Um, but Jesus goes on and says that if he still won't listen after all that, take it to the church. And if he still refuses, basically sever him from your fellowship. And then a few verses later, Jesus tells Peter, whenever a brother asks for forgiveness, forgive him up to 77 times, which I think likely means feel free to lose count and just keep on forgiving your brother as long as he confesses and comes to you and asks forgiveness. But there is a, a time, you know, to sever a fellowship uh, with a brother. First Corinthians in chapter 3, it talks about um, how some of the people were busybodies, you know, running around, they didn't have jobs, they were, they were just lazy and, and you know, getting in other people's business um, within the church. And uh, here's what Paul says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, beginning with verse 14. If anyone does not obey what we say in this letter, take note of that person and have nothing to do with him, that he may be ashamed. Do not regard him as an enemy, but warn him as a brother. So it seems to me that um, in this passage is saying, hey, um, if this person is abiding in sin and won't respond to the, the truth of the gospel, even though you talk to them about it, sever the fellowship 
with them for their own good, that they may be ashamed, that they might uh, return into fellowship with you <laughs> and acknowledge their sin. Look, we're to work towards love in the family of God and toward the world, right? That's what it's about. Our goal is not to be about being easily offended and, and making accusations, but our heart is it's being made by God to be different than it was before. We're a work in progress, and now we are to be about seeing more of the glory of God. That gives us joy, right? And uh, we are to be about sharing His awesomeness with the world. That gives us joy. And we do this through love. We close with one verse, and I'll pray. John 13, 35. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love one for another. Father God, thank you for your, your word, Lord, um, and the, uh, these passages that Solomon's been giving us on um, relationships and how to love our neighbor uh, in difficult situations, Father. Thank you, Lord, that you so loved the world that you gave your only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but hath everlasting life. Lord, thank you for that kind of love for us who had rejected you and turned away from you. But you showed us that you were the greatest treasure in the universe. And what could we do but choose the greatest treasure? Thank you for this great truth. Help us to delight in you today. Thank you for all your blessings in Jesus' name. Amen.